Let me just review. Last week, we really rooted our shared life in God's shared life, that Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune God, is one God, three persons living in perfect and complete, self-giving, mutual love with one another, God's self, all right? So God is community, perfectly sufficient, perfectly contained in God's self is perfect, loving communion and shared life. Why did he create the world? He created the universe and created people and all of creation as an, not because he needed to, not because he was lonely, but as an expression and as a invitation for all. For more shared life so that creation and uh, all that he had made could share in the divine life that is God. And that is why we are made. This is why we exist. This is our end. Our telos is to be with God in communion with God. That's why we were made. And sin broke that down. We rebelled from that. We denied that family. But God, from the very beginning, said, I'm bringing you back. You will always have a place with me. And I will go to the length of becoming um, human, suffering, dying, and then rising from the dead. He invites us back into his family. Salvation is reunion. Salvation is communion in the perfect, loving healing presence of God, his shared life. So our shared life is in and because of God's shared life. And because of that, we are dynamically relational. The church is to be a dynamically relational community uh, where our lives are entangled together. We, it's like that youth group game you used to play in youth group, right? You grab each other's arms in a big circle and, and, um, and you have to untie that knot. We need to be a relational uh, a huge human knot entangled with one another to such an extent that we just can't get free of each other. Um, and we are in love with one another, serving one another and an expression of that shared life of God. So that's why we are committed to a shared life. And we believe that's transformative, transformative life with Jesus and one another. Um, again, I'll just remind you of this first John one through five, just look at verses three through four down here. This is the message version. They said, we saw it. This is the divine life, infinite life of God himself. We heard it. And now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us. We're telling you about this life that came to us in Jesus. And now we're telling you so that you can experience it. This experience of communion with the father and his son, Jesus Christ, our motive for writing is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too, this divine life. Your joy will double our joy. It's like our, our shared life evangelism is an invitation to the family of God, to the party um, that of life and healing and salvation and justice and mercy that is God. So then we talk about our rootedness in the neighborhood. We are devoted and con committed to being radically local, radically in place, on the ground, in the neighborhood. And this is based in the incarnation. So our community is based in the Trinity, God's very 
uh, nature. And our mission and our posture and our way of being is rooted in the incarnation. That is Jesus, God himself, taking on flesh. And as Eugene Peterson translates John 1, 1, 14, uh, he took on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. So our groups are expressions, living expressions of the shared life of God lived out in the everyday realities of the neighborhood in the midst of our neighbors, rooted in the mutual concerns of our neighbors, in the needs of our neighbors, in the hopes and dreams of our neighbors. And we pray your kingdom come and your will be done in our neighborhood as it is in heaven. And we bear witness to that shared life and to that healing and to that good news in our shared life together, which is radically local. All right. And so here, I mentioned this last week, our presence is our program, right? We don't have a men's ministry and a women's ministry and a children's ministry and a homeless ministry and a drug rehab program, all these programs. What we're saying is that we're not opposed to those things, but the main way that we are going to be is our presence is our program. Our presence is our program. As we are rooted in this place, sharing life with one another, uh, we see our neighbors, we see the challenges, we see and hear the dreams, and we uh, simply invite them into our shared life. Our presence is our program. Um, as we see uh, opportunities to step in to uh, the hopes, the dreams, the tragedies of our neighborhood, uh, we step in because we're present. So we're not creating programs. We're being present and responding to how God is already at work in our midst. So I just want to name a couple things. I'm not going to talk uh, much longer. God is radically present to us in Jesus. This is why we are present. And this is why presence is our program. Okay. God is radically present to us in Jesus. He is radically and deeply committed to being present, to being with us. Um, and so let me just, you know, Psalm 23, it's a beautiful song. Notice that the promises here are not freedom from pain or suffering or, or enemies, but the, the promise, the good news of this is God's presence, his witness. The Lord is my shepherd. That's a very intimate, involved, present picture. A shepherd is present to his flock and to the needs of his flock and is there. My Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He's actively at work bringing restoration to my very soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He leads me into paths of righteousness, justice, right relationship for his name's sake. We just said, Jesus, beautiful. What a beautiful name it is. Our righteousness, our justice, as we follow Jesus into the places where righteousness needs to be made manifest, um, his name is glorified. But then look, as we're led into paths of righteousness, we're going to be led right into the valley of the shadow of death. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through the valley of injustice and inequality and misunderstanding, and I'm ridiculed and demeaned and demoralized for that, 
I will fear no evil for what? You are with me. The promise isn't that you won't walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that there's no evil to, there to fear. It's not the elimination of evil. It's the promise of presence. It is Jesus with me in the valley of the shadow of death. When evil threatens me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They're there to guide me, direct me. You prepare a table for me. That Another intimate picture of presence to set a table for you to dine with Jesus. That's why we eat together so much. You prepare a table before me, but where? Not at the country club. In the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Again, a very intimate picture. You got to be close to someone to pour oil on their head. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Presence. God is ruthlessly committed to being present to us, leading us into righteousness, leading us through the valley of the shadow of death, preparing a table for us in the presence of our enemies, anointing our head with oil. He's following us with good and mercy. He is inviting us to dwell in his presence in the house of the Lord forever. He is ruthlessly committed to us. Um, I look at Jesus and I see the good shepherd. This is a foreshadowing, a forecasting of what Jesus will be like. Matthew 14, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, so here he's, he's withdrawing to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, what did he do? He had compassion on them and healed their sick. Here we see Jesus is present to the crowds. He's present to the people who desire to be with him. And he's not just, um, he's not just giving lip service to this presence, to this compassion. He had compassion and that compassion moved him to action and he's healing their sick. And we know as we look at the way that Jesus is present to us in our sickness in each of the gospels. We know he's healing their sick. How? Not just by snapping his fingers and like zapping people with his fingers, pointing at him. He is touching them. He's touching those lepers whose faces and fingers and arms are falling off and skin is deteriorating. He's touching those that would make him unclean um, people with sores and uh, issues of blood and fluid that are sick and, and, and disgusting that no one wants to touch, but he's present to them, touching them hands on. And so he's present to us. And now I want to make a shift. Okay. As the evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Stop there. Jesus is radically committed to being present to us, hands-on, present, compassionate, with us. Our tendency, our nature, like the disciples, is to avoid presence to step out of presence, 
to send the crowds away. That's our tendency. We can handle the crowds for a little bit. But all right, Jesus, it's getting late. We're in a remote place. Send the crowds away so they can go buy themselves some food and we can be alone. And so here's the shift here. Here's the the, the tension. We just saw Genesis, uh, Psalm 23, Jesus, uh, the good shepherd, leads us into paths of righteousness for his name's sake. See, when you are, when Jesus is present to you and you are present to Jesus, when you are attentive to Jesus and you're following him, he's going to lead you into paths of righteousness. To be present to Jesus and to receive the presence of Jesus, to be with him, is to be a part of his mission. So to be present to Jesus is to be present to the people that he's present to. You following me? To be present to Jesus is to be present and attentive to the people and to the needs, to the crowds, to the hunger that Jesus is present and concerned and compassionate for. So Jesus invites them in to his life. He says, you're going to be present to me. You're going to be present to the people I'm present to. And so Jesus asked him, what do you have? We only have five loaves, bread, and two fish. And Jesus says, bring, bring what you have to me. You've heard sermons like on this before, right? You don't have to have it all. Just bring what you have to Jesus. Five loaves and two fish. And Jesus directs the people to sit down. He takes the five loaves and the two fish. He looks up to heaven. He gives thanks. He breaks it. Communion uh, uh, allusions here. Lord's Supper, when he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people, they all ate and they were all satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. By the way, symbolic of the 12 tribes of Israel, which is symbolic of Jesus commissioning a new Israel, the church, his body, to meet the needs and to be on mission in the world. Just as Israel was meant to be a witness to the loving compassion and holiness of God, so is the church constituted in the 12 apostles, representing, re-representing Israel, God's people. We are to be present to the people that God is present to. All right. Okay. And I'm just going to skip to the end here. This is the Great Commission. Jesus after he's been crucified, after he's risen from the dead, he meets them on a mountain. And the disciples are there. They worshiped him. Some doubted. Some doubted even after all they'd seen. And, and that's normal. And we will have doubts as we're on mission. Nonetheless, we worship. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. Can we substitute this to be present to those with whom I'm present? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, baptizing them into the shared life of God, right? There it is. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, what? I am with you always to the end of the age. 
the gospel, the good news is the radical commitment of God to be present with us. And he's present with us. And as we receive that presence, as we share in God's shared life, we become present to the people he's present to. We become present to one another. We become present to the neighborhood. We become present and have compassion on the crowds that are confused and lost without a shepherd, as it says in Mark 4 of that same passage that we read. And so here, the description of the early church, the church uh, springing up after the Holy Spirit, God's very presence empowers them, fills them. What is the result? This is a, one of the summary passages in Acts. There's several of them. And they, the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, that is the communion of God, the shared life of God, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together, and all had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they gather and scatter, gather and scatter. They receive their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So as we gather in our uh, churches, as we scatter, as we gather as a scattered church, and as we gather as a gathered church, um, uh, what we are after here is to live a life that expresses the shared life we have in the triune God. And it, we will gather in shared life, in location, in a particular place with particular people um, because of the way Jesus is present in incarnation, takes on flesh and moves into the neighborhood. And in that gathering, in that particular place, we are present in three directions. We are present to God. We are present to the work of God already present to us and our neighbors. We're present to God. And what is he inviting us into? What is he asking us to address? What, how does he want to comfort us? How does he want to confront us? How does he want to nurture us and restore our souls? Or how does he want us to lead us into paths of righteousness? And then we are present to one another, not just hanging out, but we are listening for God's work in one another's lives. We are listening for the deep need that we each have, the deep longings, the deep fears, the successes, and the sorrows that we have. We're present to one another. And together we are present to our neighborhood. We're present to how God is already present and at work. And how are we going to cooperate with what he is doing? Not that we're going to create some kind of uh, program that will save the neighborhood, but what is God doing? And how will we join with him? How can we be attentive? How can we listen to our neighbors, to their strengths, to the beautiful 
uh, things that are happening in their lives and also to the struggles and to the challenges and to the barriers. Uh, we want to be present. And uh, this multiplication into uh, smaller, distinct communities, like we said last week, multiplies our, our reach, multiplies the areas and the spaces that people are able to come in and experience this. It, it, it also deepens our ability for each of us to be present to God and to one another and to our neighbors as we can truly listen to one another, as we sit around the table, as we gather around the scriptures, as we pray for one another, we can be truly present to the God who is present to us and we can listen and learn from one another. So, um, yeah, let me just, that's my encouragement. And so as we, uh, next week, we'll talk a little bit more about the details and the dynamics of what it will look like as we gather, but mostly that will need to be experienced. And so my invitation to us today, as I said before, these next uh, few months, we're going to step into this kingdom experiment. We believe it's um, the way we are meant to, to, that God is leading us. As he leads us in the paths of righteousness, we believe for our community that this is where he's leading us, but we want to discern it. And so for the next four or five months to the end of the year, we want to step into this, uh, this experiment. And really what I'm, the invitation is that to be, um, com to, to commit, to be, I'm calling you to committed presence. That's not perfect attendance, although attendance is part of presence, right? If you're not there, you're not there. But I'm not saying perfect attendance, but I'm calling us to committed presence, to be present to uh, one another, to be present to God, to be present to the neighborhood, to step into this for the next few months and to connect with one another and to just give it, give it what you, <laughs> just pray and give it your all to entangle your lives with your church and let's see what god does perhaps it'll look a lot like acts perhaps um it will look a lot like um the shared life of gathering together and of sharing with one another and meeting one another's needs and the lord adding to our number day by day those who are being saved those who are experiencing the life of god so I just invite you into that. And in light of that, if you would gather your um, communion elements.